Everybody codes jQuery listens to Spice Girls. <laughs> if you want to be my jQuery, <laughs> <laughs> gotta get with my Dom. <laughs> Today is Tuesday, November 27th, 2018, and you're listening to the official View News, brought to you by View Mastery. I'm Adam Jar, And I'm Greg Pollock. And you can find links to all the stories we talk about in our weekly newsletter and on news.viewjs.org. Two more talks from Connect Tech have been posted over at View Mastery, Demystifying the Dark Art of Single File Component Compilation by Rahul Kadyan, and Human vs. AI, Building a Mobile App with Native Script by Jen Looper. We now have nine videos from the conference available to watch, and next week we'll start releasing videos from View Toronto. Speaking of View Toronto, Josh Thomas from Ionic presented a talk there, where he announced that Ionic View is now in alpha. Ionic is a framework that provides a collection of UI components for building high-quality cross-platform apps, and I definitely did not read that from the website <laughs> just right now. Yeah, historically Ionic was built to only work with Angular, but they've made great strides to make it framework agnostic, and this View Alpha is a great step forward. So it's still too early for production use, but they're hoping View developers will try it out and give them their feedback. If you like reading through slides, you can see Filippo Lacerda's slides from View Toronto, as well as many of the talks from the Vue.js road trip Berlin last week. Whether you're adding a branded loading indicator or visualizing data, Vue is the framework of choice for leading web animators. So if you've been curious on how to get started with this topic, a new tutorial by Crudy Patel walks through building an interactive infographic. Is she using an external animation library for this? Yeah, she shows how to use GreenSock in combination with SVGs to visualize data from the Tour de France. Ooh la la. <laughs> Ooh la la indeed. <laughs> Data is represented as spokes on a bike, and it's all interactive. So clicking on different spokes, it animates in different data. The article touches on how to start thinking about visualizing data, then she details the actual technical implementation. Marcus Herman is gathering strategies for making single-page applications more accessible. And in a blog this week, he discusses how navigation around an SPA can be difficult for users on assisted devices. This is because sometimes when interacting with the page, it may not be clear what changed after they click a link, so they end up having to search around the page. That makes sense, because if I'm using a screen reader and I click a link that changes part of my web page, the reader might retain the focus on the link, and now I have to read through the entire page again to figure out what changed. So what does he say the solution is? Well, Marcus shows how you you can set the focus target when using View Router to ensure the focus changes. So if I click on a link that brings me to the latest blog post, the focus should now be placed on the title of the new blog post. Right. So then my screen reader would read me the title. And if I don't specify the focus, then Marcus just makes the router view container the focus where our new template is going to be loaded. Cool. But wouldn't it be nice if this was all handled by View Router just like on default? Yeah. And that's exactly what Marcus thought, which is why he made a feature request to View Router. And it looks like View Core member Eduardo San Marote said it's something worth adding. Nice. It's becoming common for jQuery developers to switch over to Vue. Or any other framework besides <laughs> pure jQuery. Right, yes. Common in general. Vue elegantly solves problems that jQuery handles more clunkily or doesn't handle at all. So I imagine it's only a matter of time before more devs jump ship. Yeah, I would agree. So if you know anyone who might be ready to make the switch. Someone who's stuck in the early 2000s and still listens to Spice Girls. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. So, okay, there's a new article by Peter Mabinugo that explores some essential Vue syntax and concepts for those who are coming from a jQuery background or a Spice Girls background. <laughs> Everybody codes jQuery listens to Spice Girls. <laughs> if you want to be my jQuery, <laughs> gotta get with my Dom. <laughs>
I know when I started learning Vue, the most complex and daunting library to learn was Vuex. It just looked odd with all those actions and mutations flying around. Right, being committed and dispatched. Yeah, which is why I'm glad to see Adam's blog post on Vuex explained visually. How many animations do you think you have in those slides? Oh, uh, just about 200. Literally, there's probably like 200 animations <laughs> in the whole video. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was really important for me to visually break it down so people would finally understand it. Yeah. So if you still need to understand Vuex or have coworkers that need an explanation, check out Adam's video. And if you head over to the official Vue docs, the video is on the homepage as well. Nice. If you're a Django user, or as I like to pronounce it, DJ Ango. Ricker, Ricker. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Python framework, right? Yes, the Python framework. So Written by the snake. So if you're using it, <laughs> if you're a Python user and uh, want to figure out how to integrate it with Vue CLI and Webpack Loader, there's a new Medium post by Rodrigo Semanioto, which explores how to do this. It's nice to see these articles that tackle super specific problems that you know people are running into, but they haven't documented yet. Right. Thank you, Rodrigo. Using Nuxt.js makes it a little more complex to organize API requests because you may do API calls on both the server side and the client side. Likely using async data or fetch methods from the Vuex store or inside a component. And this week, Alexander Lichter wrote up a detailed article showing how to use the Nuxt Axios module, which he highly recommends, and also abstract our API calls using the repository pattern and dependency injection. So what exactly does this allow us to do? Well, Alexander's solution shows how, if you're using a RESTful API, you can abstract all the API calls into a repository for each of the RESTful resources you have, like posts or users. So you end up with a post repository that does all the API calls for your posts and a user repository for API calls for users. Yep. And then Alexander shows how to write this up as a Nux plugin so we can make our API repositories available across our app and properly pass in a single Axios instance. Right. Because you only need one instance. And one Spice Girls album. <laughs> <laughs> Because after that one, you switch from jQuery to Vue. I don't, <laughs> to become one. I don't get it. There's another song. It's a Spice Girl song. Yeah, of course it is. A common feature of progressive web applications is push notifications. These are notifications that are sent to your user through the browser, even when they don't have your site open. They're a great way to stay engaged with their users, even if they haven't visited your site in weeks. Yeah, they're a great tool a site can use to their advantage, but they can be tricky to implement. But this week, Pim Hoogie shows us how to implement them in a tutorial that uses Laravel on the back end. We've mentioned Quasar in the podcast a few times. That's the full front-end stack to build different kinds of view apps, including hybrid mobile apps and Electron apps. Yeah, and last week, Jeff Galbraith wrote up an advanced tutorial showing how he built a local file explorer with Electron using Quasar. If you want to build a desktop app using Vue and Electron that interacts with a file system, you definitely got to check this one out. Thank you for listening to the official Vue News podcast. Tune in every week for the latest news in the Vue community.